Hello and welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. I'm so glad you're here. In just a moment, we're going to jump into a message from Pastor Roger. But before we do, I want to encourage you, connect with us online. Whether that's following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, or it's subscribing to our YouTube page or this podcast, do it. We want to stay connected. And another great way you can connect with us is be our guest on a Sunday morning service. If you're here locally, come on out. We want to meet you and connect with you, worship with you. We'd really enjoy that. But without further ado, let's jump into this message from Pastor Roger. Jordan's back there because that's her fine husband walking around in the woods. So, uh, yeah, it's good to see everybody. Welcome to church. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and pat your own self on the back and say, I made it to church. Good job. Good job. That's a, it's a good spot to be on a Sunday morning, isn't it? Yeah, so it's, it's good. I, um, man, I love, I love being in the house of the Lord. There's one thing that we didn't mention on the announcements that I would like to uh, mention. And that is, um, we are going, well, let me just give some background. We, as a pastor, you know, we're, we're really trying to do our best to, um, to model honoring uh, the governing authorities in our life. Come on. You know that's Bible, right? Like, we, we are instructed by Scripture to honor those that are in authority. Um, and, and so as a church, we've, we've been really, we're talking to government officials and other churches and a lot of people about how to navigate this whole COVID thing that has just flipped our world upside down. And, um, and so we've been taking it serious um, as a church, not because of any kind of a political stance. Um, I, I think that's, that's foolish, but we've been, we've been really trying to do our best. As, and when we went back to stage two, um, as a church, our response was um, to not have kids. And, and the reason we're not having kids is, have you ever been with your kids? <laughs> you can't social distance your kids. <laughs> like, forget trying to get us to social distance our, your kids. So, so we kind of put pause on the kids for a little bit, and we've been having them in church with us. But as of the beginning of February, uh, we're going to be having church kids again. Come on, parents. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. So all my mothers said, thank the Lord. <laughs> so Church Kids is going to kick off again in February, and uh, that'll be awesome. Um, you know, here's the deal. It, it doesn't hurt your kids to be in big church with us. You know that? Like, I grew up uh, sleeping under church pews. I'm fine. You know, like... <laughs> I'm fine. You can uh, can be in church. In fact, this is, it's part of our philosophy as a church. The way we approach student and youth ministries, it it actually has to do with this. So um, I used to do youth ministry. I did youth ministry for nine years, which is, that's that's a long, that's a lot of lock-in, somebody. Uh, (laughs) I did a lot of of stuff. And and, um, here's just my my approach on youth ministry is, is if you're not careful, the youth ministry will program your kids right out of the church. That's so true. 
And there's this big push for the youth ministry movement over the years, and, and it kind of coincides with the whole generation kind of not really staying plugged into the house of God. And, and it's for this reason, we, we create a program for them when they're little, and then we keep create another program for them when they're, in their, when they're youth, so we don't have them in church with us. And then they get out of high school, so then we create a college and career thing, so they're still not in church with us. And then when they finally get old enough to get out of the college and career thing, they have no connection to the church. And so as a church, we think it's important, you know, we, we want to minister to your kids when they're young, but when they're teenagers, we want them in, the, in here with us because we really believe that, um, that this is not something above their heads at all. And we want them to be plugged into the house of God. I think that's important. I, I just think it's important. Like, growing up, I, I remember, like, it was, it, was, it, was a, it was an important deal to me, so... I, I feel like kind of ranting, but I'm not going to rant. I'm just going to, I'll say this, I'll say this. It's okay to put godly ambitions in your kids' hearts. Come on. It's okay to prop up missionaries or people that are, that are uh, flying for Mission Aviation Fellowship or, or someone that's doing the thing, like those kind of things, somebody that's on a worship team. It's okay for, for you to put those people in front of your kids and say, hey, God might have called you to go to a continent and make a difference. So it's okay. Um, we, we put a lot of emphasis on uh, workplace ministry, and I'm down with that. I think, I think people are called to start businesses, but I also think people are called to plant churches. And how will they know if they never hear that in their ears? So we're kicking off. So we're in this middle, middle of the series we're calling Sacred Rhythms. And the idea of this series is, is that it doesn't matter how many resolutions you've made this year. I already know you broke them. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't matter our great goals that we set. Uh, those things we're, we're probably not going to really achieve if the rhythms of our life don't change. In fact, Jesus never teaches balance. A lot of people say, you just need to have a balanced life. No, no, no. Jesus never teaches balance. Jesus models rhythm. Yeah. Rhythm is different because we talked about this in the first uh, part of the series, that in order to have rhythm in your life, you've got to be willing to embrace extremes. So uh, the, the rhythm of a drum, or maybe a hand clap in this case, is, is I've got to be willing to embrace the backswing to come down. This is, this is how it works. It's, it, a, a balanced hand clap looks like this. Doesn't, doesn't do anything. It's the extremes that creates the rhythm. Same thing with a golfer, right? Like, like a balanced golfer may look good for Instagram. But a golfer who's willing to... Embrace extremes with a full backswing and follow through is going to put the ball down the, the fairway. Yeah. So it's this idea that rhythms aren't us staying in perfect balance. Rhythm is us embracing the swing. Embracing what God has for us and moving forward into the things. And so uh, today I'm going to talk about one of the unique rhythms that God has for us. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 2, it says this, For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time 
to pluck up what is planted. Today, I want to talk to us about the rhythm of the field, that there's a time to plant and there's a time to pluck up what is planted. It's often said, uh, like in a job interview or something, if you were to go apply for a job and you sit down in the interview, they would ask you, they'd say, like, what's your five-year goal? This is, this is something we ask people, like, what's your, what's your one-year vision? Like, what do you, where do you want to be in three years? What do you want in five years? And the reason is because an employer is looking for someone who has ambition. Yeah. If you're a business owner in the house, don't be afraid of people who have ambition. They're the people that will tweak your business to make it run better. Okay, uh, and, and, and we want to we look for people that have a little bit of ambition, and we, we, we like that about people. But here's the deal. Ambition and goals won't get you to what you're looking for. What you really need is a rhythm that is described in Scripture, a rhythm of sowing and reaping, yeah. a rhythm of planting and sowing. That's what gets us down the field. It says this in... Uh, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, it says this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever one sows, that they will reap. It's this idea that whatever you put in the soil of your life, it will come back up later in your life. The words you speak in your marriage will come back in your marriage, somebody. The seeds of education that you planted when you were younger will prop up in a, a, a fruit of career later. Like, like the, the seeds of, uh, of compassion that you place in one place will come back as compassion to you in another time. It's this idea that whatsoever you plant, you will reap. We Americans get this wrong. Because we often, when we hear this, we're thinking, oh, got it. Preacher is saying karma. <laughs> no, I'm not. So in, in my house, uh, I, I like to tell my kids things like this. I say, we don't talk like that here. We don't, we don't talk like that. We don't do that, right? Um, here's a quick pro tip for parents. Don't just let your kids figure it out. <laughs> this is like really popular nowadays. I just let them figure out. No, they're five. Come on. It's your job to parent. <clears throat> like, I don't want to shove religion down their throat. Like, <clears throat> taking them to church is shoving religion down their throat. Okay, I'm just going to let them figure it out. But you don't let them go figure out I-84. <laughs> just go figure out what a freeway is. You don't do that. Why? Because your job as a parent is to guide them and train them and shape them and mold them. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. So as a parent, I tell my kids, I say, we don't do that in this house. Why? Because that's our house. We don't talk like that. We don't, we don't, we don't do that. <clears throat> we don't burp at the table. I'm looking at you. <laughs> and as Christians, there are things we don't believe. So what I'm, what I'm saying, somebody might be like, well, I'm a Christian, and I believe, no, 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 no. In the house of faith, we don't actually believe that. 
one of the things that we don't believe in the house of faith is karma. That's right. So, like, I, I, get, I get the idea. Like, you're driving down the road, and there's this person swerving back and forth, and you're just like, dear God, strike them down now. Like, fire from heaven, right? And then you put, like, five minutes later, you see them pulled over. And you're like, thank the Lord. His mercies endure forever. Like, the goodness of the Lord will be unto all generations, right? Like, he, he has heardest, myest, prayerists. And so we have this, this cultural trend nowadays that we call, uh, like on Instagram or something, we call it like instant karma. Somebody doing something stupid and they get hurt. We say, that's, ah, that's what you get. Actually, that's not what karma is. Karma is this idea that when your life, when the good in your life outweighs the bad in your life, in your reincarnated next life, you then become a slightly better version of yourself. And if you have more bad in your life than good, you will become a, less, a lesser version of yourself. Starting at worms, going all the way through all the animals to humans, going towards people that are in the higher echelons of society. This is not what Christians believe. What we believe is a biblical principle the Bible talks about called sowing and reaping. We believe whatever you sow, it will come back in your life. Not that, not that, that it, it changes, like that, that, that you somehow deserve the bad things in your life because in your last life you did bad things. No, but we believe that whatever you sow today, it's coming up tomorrow. We believe that. So there's a harvest in your life that will, be, be, that will be based on what you sow in your life. So in your thoughts, what are you sowing in your thoughts? Because what you think about will reap a harvest. My mom used to say this to me when I was a kid. She'd say, now, Roger, you need to know that whatever you think about, it's going to happen. You, if you set your heart and your mind on something, it's going to happen. And so as a junior high Roger, I was like... Pretty girls, pretty girls, pretty girls, pretty girls, pretty girls. <laughs> and it happened. Ah! Because whatever you set your heart, you, you plant seeds with your mind, you're going to reap a harvest from those same thoughts. This is, why, this is why it's important what you set your heart and your mind on, what you allow your mind. The scripture says to whatsoever is good, whatsoever is pleasing. Like if it's of a good report, think on these things. Why? Because you're going to reap a harvest from what you allow to be planted in the soil of your mind. Uh, like, like this, like your words, the things you say. Why is it important what you say? Because what you say is planting seeds that will reap a reward of harvest later in your life. The actions you take will be seeds planted in the soil of your life that will be harvested later in your world. It says this in Genesis chapter 1. This is God establishing the order of the world. He says... Let, this is verse 11 of chapter 1. It says, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth, and it was so. 
And then in verse 24, it says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things. This is, this is one of those spots where I could wish, I just wish I could go back and counsel God. Right? Like, God, <laughs> like, you can, livestock, I'm good with that. Like, cuddly puppies, I'm good with that. Why you got to put creeping things in there? Like, I'm from Alaska. I like, I like dangerous things that are big, that I can see a quarter mile away, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want little spiders that might crawl up in my bed while I'm sleeping. Exactly. I should be able to reach into a soda vending machine and not have to worry about being bitten by a black widow. But God, but God said, even the creepy things we don't like, the little mice, all this, it's going to yield according to its kind. and the beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. What God is establishing at the beginning of creation with both plants and with creatures is that every plant, the seed that that plant produces will produce the exact same kind of plant. And every creature, that kind of creature is gonna produce the same kind of creature. Whatsoever you sow, you're going to reap the same sort of thing. It is inevitable. And the potential for what comes out of your life is in the seed, not in your life vision or goal. I'm saying you could have a great goal for your life, a five-year plan, but if you're not putting the right seed in the ground, your five-year plan is null and void. So the key to a flourishing life is not discovered. It is planted. If I want better relationships, then I've got to sow some seeds of time and attention. If I want to have a better spiritual walk with God, it's not discovered. It's planted through prayer, and it's planted through reading the Word of God. If I want to have a better financial position, it's not discovered. It's planted over tithing and making a budget. If I want to be in a better emotional state, it doesn't just happen. It is planted through sowing the word and the promises of God into my life and allowing his words to to, uh, go over my thoughts and minds and and begin to uh, consume my world. That's how emotional stability happens. It's not just something I arrive at. It's something I plant into my life. There's lies I choose not to believe. There's promises I choose to accept. I'm telling somebody today that the spiritual breakthrough you're looking for isn't just something that happens. It's a process that begins when you plant seeds of godliness in your life. I'm saying that like like the good marriage, like you want a good marriage. You wish your marriage was better than it is today. And I'm telling you, you're not going to wake up in five years with a better marriage if you don't start planting seeds today. Like, I wish my my marriages had more respect in it. Then you need to start planting some seeds of honor in your marriage, and you're going to discover a fruit tree of respect showing up in your marriage. Like, like I wish my marriages had more more, uh, chemistry, more spark, more more romance, more thumper, right? Like, ah! 
I wish my marriage had to have more of that. Then you need to plant some seeds of rolling up your sleeves and doing the dishes. Somebody. <laughs> Thus saith the Lord, if thou do the dishes, thou mayest see some thumper later. <laughs> I said that once and the guy, the guy was like, yeah, you, you can do the dishes because you're a pastor. You only work one day a week. <laughs> I was like... Okay, that's, that's all right. You can say that. Guess what? I got the thumper. <laughs> I'm saying that what you plant in your life will come back. The, the seeds. Like if, you, if you want your kids to grow up and be godly, you have to plant seeds of godliness. You can't, can't expect a Sunday school teacher to do it. You've got to do it. says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4, and this is really the key to how this whole thing works. It says this, farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny growing, a baby growing in a mother's womb, you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. Now goes, God does all things. Now back to your job. Plant your seed in the morning and keep busy at it until the afternoon for you don't know if your profit will come from one activity or another or maybe both. God gives the increase. Your job is to plant the seed. God will bless your marriage. It's your job to start planting the right stuff in your marriage. God will bless your prayer life. It's your job to start planting seeds of prayer in your life. God will bless your finances. It's your job to plant the seeds that get you there. I'm, I'm uh, hoping you're okay with coming to church and, and hearing preaching. <laughs> Let's go. I said this to last service, preachers preach, teachers teach, nurses nurse, ushers ush. It's what we do. What this passage in Ecclesiastes is saying is this. He's saying, plant, whether there's rain in the sky or clouds in the sky, plant the good seeds you want to see show up later in your life. Don't wait. And right now in this COVID season, it is, it is our default to say everything in the world is upside down. Life has been put on pause, so I should sort of fold my arms and just wait because everything is on hold. And what I'm telling you is this. You only reap what you plant. So if during this COVID season you say, the, the thing I'm going to do is just make sure I'm going to be stingy. I'm going to make sure nothing can get to me. I'm going to be really careful. You go ahead and do that. But what you will reap at the end of all this is zero. But I'm telling you, there's been some mothers that during the middle of all this stuff, they started getting a hold of God. And I promise you, they're going to reap a reward in their family later. There's been some people that have started businesses in the middle of all this COVID stuff, and I promise you, they're going to see a, re a reward show up later yeah. because the harvest will come. It's a law from God, the rhythm of reaping or sowing and reaping. It is a law from God that whatsoever a man sows, he will reap. And it says, God will not be mocked. So you don't get 
what you don't sow. Um, it makes me think of a golf, like golfing. Anybody, has anybody ever gone golfing? I got, I got a few. I got like my confident golfers out there like, I'm, I'm not the good golfer. Anybody got a golf club in the house? Oh, yes. Emerson brought a golf club to church. Come on, give him a hand. Actually, hold on. Come on up here. We need to see if you can use this thing. You guys thought you were supposed to bring your Bibles to church? You were supposed to bring a golf club. Let's see what you got. Let's, let's just see your, uh, come on. Yeah, don't hit that mic. It's expensive. There we go. Come on. I'll get, I'll get out of your way over here so you can see him. All right. Yeah. Well, I want you to, not, not hard. Like, don't break anything. But let's, there we go. Come on. Oh, look at that. Boom. Come on. Everybody. Everybody. Whoa. So good. Thank you. I just had, I had to bring him up. Okay. It was a hole in one. Yes, it was. Here's the deal. So I started golfing. I'm not a good golfer. I started golfing a couple years ago, and I was, uh, I was with Clark Burton. Clark leads worship here. He's over here at the white shirt. Does an amazing job. Amazing job. Um, he does a lot more than lead worship around here. Pretty much anything that is running properly has Clark's hands on it. Um, anything that's doing well. <laughs> but here's the deal. He's one of those guys that anything he does, he does it better than you. I, and I love you, man, but I hate that about you. <laughs> it doesn't matter if we're playing Risk. It doesn't matter if we're, you know, we're, we're trying to, I don't know, play guitar or if we're trying to play golf. He's going to be better. Give him like three tries and he'll be better than you. And uh, so I was out there swinging and, and it was amazing because, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty confident. that I'm, I'm a decent golfer, right? Uh, pull him back. I'm going to break that too. There we go. Pull, pull back. Come through. Boom. Like I'm... I'm but the problem is this, as amazing as I am at golf, my ball would go out and then it would hook right about 90 degrees, off into the tree, every time. And I figured there had to be something, like maybe it's the ball I'm using. I'm using really trash balls. Like that's the problem, like that's the problem. I just need, I need to spend a little more, more money on balls instead of like finding them in the deep grass. Or maybe it's that I just have like, I have a, a hand-me-down golf club. Like, I need to get a better golf club. So I called Justin Kinney. I'm like, hey, you got, you got any good clubs? And Justin, he had a friend who was selling some clubs. So I got better clubs. And it still goes down and hooks right hard. So I'm telling Clark, I'm like, it's, it's got to be my clubs. And he's like, actually, it ain't got nothing to do with your clubs. It's you. <laughs> Which is a dangerous thing, because I'm your boss. <laughs> and, and, and here's the deal in golf. Here's the deal. That when that ball leaves this golf club, it, it doesn't leave based on my intentions for it. The travel of this ball isn't based on what I hope for it, my five-year plan. That ball does exactly what that golf club tells it to do based on my actions. I mean, it is, doing, it is making that right-hand hook because I'm causing that right-hand hook. And I'm telling somebody today, like, if you want to see different results in your marriage, if you want to see different results in your walk with God, 
You can't take back what was already planted, but you can begin planting something new in your life. You can begin planting something new. Seasons are going to come and go, but harvest is actually not based on season. Harvest is based on planting. The more you plant, the more you harvest. The difficulty is that there's a gap between the time when we plant in our life and when we see the fruit of our harvest. And it's so hard because we feel like nothing is really going on. But, but I'm telling you, if you would continue to stay faithful in your marriage and you would continue to plant seeds of integrity and honesty and love and value and respect, I promise you, in time, you're going to see a tree of honor and respect in your marriage. I, I'm saying like in your walk with God, if you would just, just say, I, I may not feel it. Like you, you pray and you're like, I just, I wish I felt something. Something when I pray. I don't feel anything when I pray. You may not feel anything, but if you just keep planting seeds of prayer, I promise you, in due season, you're going to reap a harvest from God. Going to receive a harvest. So it's hard to sow seeds into a relationship that's disappointing. and Maybe you're discouraged in it. And it's hard to sow a tithe when we're worried about economic forecasts. And it's hard to keep praying and keep studying when you feel like you don't have an opportunity. But what I'm telling you is, if you keep planting seeds, God is always faithful to the harvest. So... Um, my, my mic is sticking to my back. Um, I was taught, if you're not sweating, you're not preaching. So my, my mic is sticking to my back, which is really gross. I thought, thought you'd enjoy that. Somebody right now is thinking, oh, he's talking about money. He's talking about money. He's saying, if, if I give, then I get more back. The principle's there, but that's not what I'm talking about. In fact, did you know the Bible can be misused? Uh, apparently, you guys are all pure because none of you, first service was like, yes. <laughs> you guys are like, no, I didn't know it could be. Like, I, I thought everybody that used the, everybody that handled the word of God did it with integrity. Here's a verse that, that I've heard many times when it comes to giving. It says this. This is Luke chapter 6, verse 38. It says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. I've heard that used many times when we're talking about giving. If you give, God's going to give back to you just like push down, shaking together, and run. We would sing a song during offerings in, in my home church. We, uh, give, and it will come back to you. Good measure, press down, shaking together, and running over. Give. There's only like two of us that went to that church. Okay. okay. <laughs> you, guys, you guys went to the weird church. <clears throat> Yes. Here's the deal. That verse is actually not talking about money. It's saying if you give something, it will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. The principle is there for money, but it's not about money. It says this. I'm going to read two verses earlier. It says, love your enemies and do good, 
and lend expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. What he's saying is if you would forgive other people, forgiveness will return to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. If you would show mercy to people, that those seeds of mercy will reward, will be like a, like a harvest of mercy in your life. If you would not condemn people, then that would come back in your life. People won't condemn you because with the measure you use to judge others, you will be judged by the same measure. I'm saying it matters the seeds you plant in your life. It matters. It matters. So stay consistent. Don't give up. It says this in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. I'm telling somebody in your discouraging moments, in those seasons where you feel like you don't have margin, don't give up. Keep planting seeds in your life. Your faith isn't demonstrated by just words you speak. Your faith is demonstrated by patient endurance in the face of not seeing things working out still planting seeds God's got this the responsibilities on God all I have to do is keep planting seeds in my life so let me coach you for a minute because the key to getting out of a slump in your life is the same with any sport you do any good coach if you're struggling will always bring you back to the fundamentals. Always. We're not going to study advanced stuff. We're going to go back to the basics, the fundamentals. So let me coach you for just a minute. What would you like to see produce a better harvest in your life this year? Would you like to be less lonely this year? Would you like your marriage to be more respectful this year? Would you like to be in a better place financially this year? Would you like to be closer to God this year? Then my coaching moment for you is this. Simply begin planting seeds in that direction. It is a law from God that whatsoever you sow, you'll reap. It says this, you know, I read that verse from Ecclesiastes that said, a farmer that waits for rain never plants. The farmer that looks towards clouds never harvests. But just a few verses earlier, it says this. It says, cast your seed upon the water, for you will find it after many days. It's this idea that sometimes 
your life just looks like a muddy farm. It's all sloppy and muddy, and it doesn't seem to make sense. But the Bible says, grab that seed, throw it. I'm saying, somebody, you've got a marriage that looks like a mud, mud hole. Cast that seed across the waters, and in many days, you will, it will come back to you. I'm telling somebody, like, you, you may have tried to start a business, and you're like, I, just, I thought God wanted me to start a business, but it looks so muddy and so chaotic. I'm telling you, cast your seed on that water, and in many days, it will come back to you. I'm telling somebody, like, I, they're saying, I feel lonely, and I don't feel like I have any friends, and everybody I try to connect with doesn't seem to connect. I'm telling you, cast the seed on that water, and in many days, it will return to you. The band would come. I'm wondering if there's somebody today that there's an area of your life that as I'm talking, you're thinking, man, there's a part of my life that I wish I had a better harvest in. There's an area of my life I wish was producing different plants than it is now. Maybe you're looking at things that are just like weeds or thorns and you wish it was different. I'm telling you it can be different. You begin planting seeds. Cast the seed on the water and in many days it comes back. Faithfulness. Trust in God. Mercy towards others generosity towards us. I'm telling you, it will change your life. If everybody would stand with me all across the room. Perhaps you, you really feel like one of those. You have an area of your life that you're thinking, I need to start planting seeds there. I need to do things differently there that's you, in just a moment, I'm going to begin to pray, and I want you to raise your hands and receive from the Lord today. If you're ready to receive, as I pray, lift your hands and respond. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we raise to you empty fields. We raise towards you the weeds of our life, the areas that have not produced what you would desire. God, I'm declaring that you have promised us that whatsoever a man sows, that he will reap. So right now, Lord, we disagree with every evil thought that has penetrated our mind. Every lie, we disagree with it. And we declare the goodness of the Lord in our lives. And we declare that at this moment we are going to begin planting seeds and you will bring the increase. So God, I pray you would give courage and strength to these that stand before you looking for a change, not based on their efforts, but based on seeds that you water and you nourish. Maybe you're here today and 
somewhere when I was speaking, you just felt like this. You felt like, I feel like I'm really far from God and I don't want to be. Maybe you felt like, in Christian words we say, like I need to be saved. If that's you, everybody else's head is bowed, their eyes are closed. If that's you, if you just feel like I'm really far from God and I don't want to be any longer, put your hand up so I can see it. Nobody else is looking. Come on. All, I see that all across the room, you guys. It's amazing. Amazing. Here's, here's, here's the simple seed you're going to plant. Watch this. You're going to repent and believe. That's it. God does all the work. All you do is repent and believe. Repentance means we're going to turn away from the way we used to live that we know doesn't please God. And more importantly, turn away from the way we used to think that doesn't please God. And then we're going to believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're going to ask him to be the Lord of our lives. So join me right now. If you raised your hand, you can use my words. Maybe you didn't raise your hand and you want to jump in. Now's your time. Something like this. God, I'm sorry for the way things are. Lord, I'm really sorry for the things in my life that I know don't please you. Especially my thoughts, turning away from them right now. I know they don't please you. Say this. Would you forgive me? I believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. And if I place my faith in him, he cleanses me from all my sin and puts me in good standing with God. So right now, say this, say this. Jesus, be the Lord of my life, and I'll follow you every day I live. Come on, church, let's give them a hand. That, that was awesome. Come on. Listen, never, never underestimate the power of that decision. There is strength in a decision, and we want to support you and get behind what you're doing. You need to jump into some of the things we're doing here at the church. We've got following Jesus. We've got Story of God Intensive coming up. These are great next steps for someone who just did what you did. We've also got baptisms coming up. That is the biblical next step for what you need to do. And I'm telling you, God is going to water the seeds you just planted. He's going to nourish it. And you're going to see a tree of life grow in your life. In just a few moments, we're going to do child dedications. But first, let's just respond to the Lord through worship. Is that all right? Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church to find out more. Well, we love you guys, and let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.